The Chiefs have the best offensive triangle in the NFL, and this is why. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, friends and neighbors. It's another day out here on Locked on Chiefs, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day for free on every platform, starting at YouTube, where I would ask you right now to go like, sub, and hit the bell. If you haven't watched us yet, come over to YouTube and check that out because some of the visuals will help along with the discussion that we have every single day, five days a week. You everydayers know that. We appreciate you, and thanks for making us your first listen. Now make sure you check out another Locked On show for your next one, whether it's one of the national shows, one of the division rivals, or somebody that you have interest in who could be giving up a player here soon or could be looking to bring someone in. A lot of action today. Interior offensive triangle starts a little bit different in Kansas City than it does across the league. Most of the time, you're talking quarterback, receiver, and running back. If you talk an offensive triangle, that's not what the Chiefs have, but they have elite players at three spots in a new triangle. We'll get to that today. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com, as well as RGR Football. And I'm Chris Clark from Chiefs Corner, and there is a lot to talk about when we start looking at this Kansas City Chiefs team, and we look at how PFF has this team ranked with different players and you're right, an offensive triumvirate that you would not expect, uh, but it does happen in Kansas City. And I also just put up a banner. Please text us at 816-357-8781. We're just starting this off. We're really enjoying it, and there will be a lot more coming your way on that text line very soon. That's going to be a bigger part of what we're doing in the fall, come uh, training camp, et cetera. I think you guys are going to want to get in on the information. So check that out. Now, normally, if you're talking you know, good old days, Bill Walsh offense, the whole nine yards, tight end, wide receiver. You can make an argument there. Usually there's a running back involved, but the triangle offense is not basketball. This is not Phil Jackson. This is different in Kansas City. It seems that I want to lay this out in a way that really pays homage to what we've seen in the past as well. But in the Andy Reid system, the offensive triangle is quarterback, pass catcher, center that's the way that it's been in kansas city for the longest time and through a number of evolutions there are three players on the kansas city roster right now that pff ranks number one at their position it is patrick mahomes it is travis kelsey and it is now creed humphrey i'm not surprised by that these three guys are at the pinnacle of their positions across the league as far as i'm concerned there's another that i would make the argument should be included we'll talk about chris jones coming up in the third segment but how do you take away from this chris I think this is a great point. I think that you look at this and Creed Humphrey's allowed one sack in two years, 1500 snaps, one sack. He is by far the best center in the NFL. Uh, and I thought that, I thought that last year, I thought he was getting close to that before the season started. And I think he played at that level last season. And I don't think you can really argue that Mahomes is the best QB in football and that Travis Kelsey is the best tight end. I, you know, you can have a debate if you want to try to with other teams, uh, but I don't think that there's really any fair debate that you could have that those two guys are not the best at their position. Uh, agreed. Um, and I think we'll talk, we'll go to, to Creed here coming up after the first break here, but that's, that's a very good point that you make even across the national media, every analyst that you talk to, even those that are doing some crazy content right now, because it is June and you get a lot of crazy content in June. But if you look at the national talking heads, it's it's nearly a de facto in everything. People that are redrafting from 2017, people that are drafting the top 10 quarterbacks in the league right now, whatever, doing their creative content, without fail, 
it is Patrick Mahomes at number one. It's not close. It's not a debate. It's not up for discussion. It is QB1 and everybody else. And that's the way it should be. Two Super Bowl wins in the last four years. He is the reason that they keep getting back there, and he continues to put this team on his shoulders when he needs to. But more than that, he is the ultimate leader. He gets his guys ready to go. He gets his guys going whenever he's on the field. And overall, he is just the best player. You can see it when plays break down. He is somebody that can go and make things happen and usually make things happen in a way that you're not used to seeing. Yeah, absolutely. And I know for you, those of you that play fantasy, you're, you're shaking your heads right along here, along with Travis Kelsey, who's clearing away the best tight end in this league for a number of reasons. Uh, I found it really interesting. If you if you listen to uh, Pat's show, um, I, I can't remember. Is it Pac-Man that's on with him? Uh, just talking that about right. that he still runs like a receiver, even though he is getting older, and that he's just got that giant body that even if you try to body up with him, you generally lose anyway. Now, in years past, there's been discussion about is George Kittle arguably better was Greg Olson. Obviously, Olson has, has left the league at this point. Uh, I don't think Darren Waller's even in the discussion anymore. Really, it has become old man number one, 87 is out front, um, despite even, you know, he should, probably should run for president given his week. But he certainly is the number one tight end in this league. Yeah, and it's interesting you say Waller's not out there. I, I'm curious to see what he's able to do with his new team. So we'll see what where he goes there. I'm not going to say he's in Travis Kelsey's level right now. Really, the only other guy you could make an argument for is George Kittle. The problem with Kittle lately is that he just can't stay healthy. And that is the huge difference between the two. I'm not going to say that Kittle isn't a better blocker because I think he is a better blocker than Kelsey. And I don't think that that really is something that should play into this. Uh, but the reality is he's probably a better blocker than Kelsey, but I don't think he's the same threat when it comes to receiving in the way he sees the field. And Travis Kelsey is that guy. Yeah, he, he clearly is. There's there's not much discussion there. Where does it go next? What's the other part of this triangle? And why is it so unique in Kansas City? We're going to get to that right after we tell you about, you know, our, our friends are back. Uh, Bird Dogs, you've heard us talk about them before, and they are with us yet again. And they do one thing really well. They make you look good. And at the end of the day, that's what we're here for, right? Bird Dog stretch khaki shorts. They're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, but giving you a truly sculpted look out there while being comfortable and giving you that fit that some other top sportswear brands try to do. But they give you the, the stiffer, re, unrestricted cotton kind of feel. They're made to be tough as well as good looking and uh, fit you the way that you're looking for. They stretch in every way that you can and allow you to get that fit that fits you. So they're, uh, they're anti-stink, they're sweat wicking. Uh, all that does a great job of keeping you cool, keeping you dry all day long, no matter where you go. Right now, you can get a deal. If you go to birddogs.com slash lockdown, you can see it here underneath me on the YouTube feed. Enter that promo code LOCKDOWNNFL. You get a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order that looks great and carries the liquids that you're looking for. Uh, it is free with an order there. You don't have to do anything. You want to go take advantage of the Bird Dogs promise because they will deliver. Check that out at birddogs.com slash locked on. I am looking forward to a new tumbler because, uh, you know, I seem to break things, whether they're made out of stainless steel or not. So you never know what's going to happen. Uh, really quick, and I know we need to talk about, you know, Creed Humphrey and, and the rest of the team, but I do want to say, if you look at what PFF is doing in this list, it's really interesting to me because Chiefs don't have a, a wide receiver in the top 32. Uh, they have an offensive guard in the top 32. 
But really where it gets interesting to me is you go look at the cornerbacks. Trim McDuffie is listed at like 22, I think. And Legereus mm-hmm. Sneed is listed at 24. Interesting. So, yeah. Now I'm this, sorry. Trim McDuffie's back- McDuffie 24. Sneed's 26. Sorry. This all goes back to the way the PFF does their business, and this is all based on their rankings. We've discussed this ad nauseum. Rankings are one interpretation of what you see on the field based on expectation. I don't necessarily always agree with that. I I would take them at their raw statistics uh, much easier, but they do do a comprehensive check of every play of every player in the league, and I think that's important to to keep in mind when you go through that. Uh, Now, that said... Grading players is subjective specifically at the cornerback position, but yep. it's it's nearly as much so at the offensive line position. And that's what we need to talk about because you don't know the assignments. You don't know the techniques. Uh, and unless you're an offensive line guru and you happen to be doing the, the grading, without that experience, I think it's uh, one of the more uh, volatile ratings, shall we say. But here's what's not volatile. Here's what's consistent in Kansas City. You have a center that's going to be elite. That is one of the staples, yep. whether it's stated in Andy Reid's like above the door in his office or something, I don't know. But it's always there because we look back in history, it's not just Creed Humphrey. When he was a chief, Mitch Morse was the best center in the league. When Rodney Hudson was a chief, he was the best center in the league. This is a constant thing that anchors, despite all the fanfare that offensive tackles get, the center has been the anchor in the Andy Reid system for quite a long time, specifically in his tenure in Kansas City. And it just goes to show that they picked the right guy for the right spot. And look at where what he had when he was in Philadelphia. He had Jason Kelsey. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, he's got that position figured out, and they've got it taken care of. And I do want to say really quick, it also shows that uh, you, know, you have Joe Tooney at five and Trey Smith at 13 when it comes to guards. So that interior three is fantastic when it comes to the grading scale of PFF. But when you start talking about Creed Humphrey, you're also looking at a situation where I hope they don't go the same way that they've gone in the past couple of times they've had a great center. I can't see them letting Creed Humphrey get out of town. I can't either. Um, we are still a bit away from that, but it's good that you bring it up now because – well, that that is going to break what has been consistent. Maybe a year. He's eligible for another contract after this season, so mm-hmm. um, they've got him for two more. But we'll see. I, I think what that says is that the importance of the position is is growing, and and we do talk about the interior three being elite in this league. Uh, you can make some arguments uh, for Philly. You can make some arguments for some other teams around the league. But when you look at that, I, I think. In terms of apples to apples and grading, when you see, um, you know, the center at one, the left guard at five, and Noah Obistre at thirteen by this measurement, yep. um, that's that's elite. You're averaging somewhere around six, right? So that's pushing it. What happens is you need the tackles to to coordinate with them, but that's something that really, since the the injury to Mitch Schwartz has been a revolving door, and I, I think that takes us back to the philosophy that the Chiefs. <clears throat> whether they they came up with this as a philosophical goal or the goal has been adjusted to fit now what they have done is rather than mainstays at tackle, they have mainstays, at least I'd call it generationally, meaning uh, first contracts, for the center position. And it, it's a step in evolution per center, but they always have elite play at that position in order to lock down the middle and the shortest distance to the quarterback is through the center. So it makes sense. 
I won't say always, but I understand where you're going with your comments. Uh, <laughs> okay. The Austin Ryder years leave something that left to be desired there. That's all I'm going to say. Try, I was trying not to hammer on Austin in this scenario, but okay. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I mean, they, no, you're absolutely right. They've had – Reed's had great centers most of the time he's been in Kansas City. And, and really, when he was in Philadelphia with Jason Kelsey, he had a great center there too. And, you know, outside of having Reader there for a couple of seasons, they're still having elite center play – you know, when Reed's been here. So that's a, that's a great sign for Kansas city going forward. And I think one of the things I think is different with this scenario and with Creed Humphrey versus, you know, Mitch Morse and all that is Creed Humphrey is the only center that's Patrick Mahomes has ever known, or for the most part, I don't know that you want to go another direction when you're talking elite centers, he's the only center he's ever known from an elite standpoint. I don't think you want to go another direction. Uh, no. I think you want to keep that the same in, in, what you said is very important, and I was going to make that point if you didn't, is that it is the shortest way into the quarterback lap if you go directly through the center and not having that issue, not allowing more than one sack in 1,500 snaps shows that Creed Humphrey can take care of that center position, keep people out of those gaps, and give Mahomes time because that is what's going to kill a defense the most, and Chris Jones is a guy that shows that on the other side of the ball – how much he's able to kill plays because he's a defensive tackle and he takes over that interior position in those three guys between center and guard and in the other guard position. So, you know, it's just, that is a very important position that I think gets overlooked by a lot of teams. I'm glad Kansas City has somebody there that's elite. And I hope that that continues for at least the next 10 years. I, I agree with you. Um, you know, seeing Travis play 10 more years is uh, a long shot, but for those of you that are out there saying, you guys are crazy, what are you talking about? Take a look at what the philosophy has been on offense, at least in the last three seasons, just alone. The triangle has to be tight end, center, quarterback, because you've seen Tyreek Hill depart. You've seen them fill in one one, um, sorry, wide receiver room. Now they're filling in another wide receiver room with potential, right? You've seen a, a cascade of running backs come and filter through and get production from Older guys, younger guys, UDFAs, everything. Clearly, those positions that used to be part of any offensive triangle for Kansas City has fallen away. And you have to look at what is the center stones for this particular offense. And I think that helps them uh, zig when the league is zagging and, and keep their momentum going forward as, as we see this continue. Do you have to have those other elite positions? You do. But they're going at it in a different way and, and paving their own road. I'm yep. glad that PFF recognizes that. Uh, yeah, and I want to throw this out. Sorry, I just want to throw out really quick. It's interesting you mentioned running back. They have Isaiah Pacheco ranked number 21 uh, in the NFL. As a rookie, I think that's pretty good, especially considering mm -hmm. where he's drafted. Uh, and I think that that's probably going to grow over the next several seasons. But that shows you Kansas City can build in a lot of different ways. It doesn't have to just be wide receiver. It can be getting additional depth at running back. It could be getting other guys involved. Uh, and I think that that's what's important, and that's what Reed continues to do. I, I agree with you. Now – we see those as as cornerstones, and we appreciate those uh, recognition, right? There are a couple of players uh, in positions in particular that I think are underappreciated by PFF. We'll talk about who's been mislabeled here coming up next. Now, we started to discuss it because, you know, we have a tendency to get ahead of ourselves on this show, but let's go back and revisit If you take a look at quarterback play, that's one position that I think these guys are being underrated. Uh, and along with maybe the biggest uh, thumb that sticks up here on this particular roster, um, 
we can say whatever we want, but the recognition from outside influences is, is probably important. Where do you think that the duo of McDuffie and Snead should be? And where do you think that one of them maybe over the other deserves to be? It's really hard to say. I, McDuffie didn't play enough snaps last year for me to really feel comfortable with giving him much more of a higher grade. I think that he could get to a point where he's easily top 10. Uh, I mean, he just looked phenomenal when he was playing, but it's the question of whether or not he's able to, and injuries didn't seem to be an issue with him in college. So I don't think it's going to be an issue, but that's the one caveat right now is that you have to wonder, is he going to be available? Because availability is what really matters in this league. So if he's able to stay healthy, he's able to stay available, then I think he can easily be top 10 and maybe even higher than that. Uh, You know, Snead, I think, is underrated, and I think he's always been underrated. But they ask mm-hmm. him to do so much, so many different things that I think that it's also kind of taking away from him. And, and I know we're not talking about him, but I want to say really quick, I do find it interesting. Their number one rated guy is Sauce Gardner. Rookie from last season, number one CB in the NFL, according to PFF. Yeah. And Sauce had a great, great season. Let, let's yep. be real. Um, I think there's some weight issues there, and I think there's – little bit of selectivity there you also have to i think perform a a calculation at least and i can't say that they didn't because they don't release uh you know how they go about these things but a straight grade on a per play basis especially when you are somebody like legerison who's playing inside and outside and taking on nickel responsibilities a good majority of the time you have to build that in because nickels have a much harder job than a guy that aligns outside and has the sideline to help him so I, i agree with you there i think sneed should be easily a top 20 uh, and, and for all McDuffie's effort, I, I agree. I think he's still a little bit under here. I, I have some issue with guys like Mike Hilton being ahead of him. Uh, who's the other one that stood out to me? Uh, Xavier Howard being ahead of him. I, I have some issues with those two in particular, but that's okay. Yeah, and I think Xavier Howard is a very good corner. I just don't know that it showed as much last year. And, and I would be okay if you saw McDuffie a little bit higher than he is right now. I just don't know that you would have a really solid argument to put him much higher. Like, Agreed. could you get him top 20? Maybe. But, you know, much higher than that, I don't really think there's a great argument there. At least not What's to this really point. interesting. What's really interesting is a guy that I, that I didn't feel performed as a top 20 is Chavarius Ward for the Niners that they clearly have in uh, almost nearly the top 10. So there is some, I think, like I said, volatility at the cornerback spot. One place there shouldn't be any volatility is the defensive tackle position where Chris Jones is not number one. Where did he actually fall? Number two. Okay. You can't say that's a huge difference, right? Like people are going to say, you know, how dare they, but they did put him to, but it's really not close. It really shouldn't look like that in terms of production. The man had more pressure percentage production than any tackle in the last like four seasons. So I, I think it's I think it's a bit underwhelming here in the way that this was stacked. I agree with you. Uh, the one caveat I would say when it comes to Chris Jones versus Aaron Donald is Aaron Donald has been doing it consistently for nine years, and he's been the top defensive tackle in the NFL for nine years. So while I completely agree, I think Jones was much better last season than Donald was. If you're looking at career, I can understand why they go one, but I don't really think that's what this ranking is supposed to be. It should be who's the best tackle going into the NFL season this year. Though I will also argue with you and say that not being number one actually may be in Kansas City's best interest because I don't think you want Jones number one uh, when it comes contract time. 
Okay, fair enough. You'll get no argument from me there and, and leave it to you to bring up the, uh, the contract implications of this whole ranking. So well done. Um, and I can't argue that at all. But I, I agree with you. This should be a, if they stepped on the field today, who's the best player? I don't care about career when you're doing year to year, who's the best guy type rankings. Right. That is today, if they had to play, who gets it done and who does it? And I think Chris Jones is ahead of Aaron Donald. It's not really questionable to me. Well, and the question that I have is, is it going to continue this year? I think that it probably is. It, it's very interesting to me that Donald goes and wins the Super Bowl and then he has an offseason. He gets this huge contract and he has an offseason. You've never really seen that from Chris Jones. I'm not saying that he didn't have seasons that maybe aren't near as good as what he had last year, but last year was almost historic in a way. So holding him up to that standard alone is a little bit misleading. I think that he has continuously showed he's at least the player that he signed, that he was when he signed the, the contract the first time three years ago, and you're still getting that same guy now, and he's probably better than he was now. And if he's getting used continuously like he got used last year, I think it's going to even benefit him even more for the next several seasons. Agreed. So we want to know what you think. Who who got robbed in this whole scenario? And and do you agree who should be at the, the elite level that we see on the offensive side? We'd like to have your opinion in the YouTube comments. We'd love to see you give us a review. Those five stars go a long way in helping us out and recognizing that you enjoy the content we're making. If you don't, Give us a five and then tell us what you'd like to hear. I'd like to hear that over on Spotify and on Apple. We'd appreciate that. If you want in on the text action, that text line, you can get subscribed to at 816-357-8781 and jump in there now. Thanks for spending your day with us today. Check out another Lockdown Show for tomorrow where we start recapping the last trio of practices. I'm sorry, four days of practices for OTAs before mandatory minicamp. We will have updates and who's hitting it at OTAs right now. Thanks for your time, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.